does seem not that long ago that we were dedicating our children. I know they're a little bit bigger now. You, uh, you dedicate them and then you walk them down the aisle or you give them away or you marry them and then you kind of realize that that's not the end. That actually God's got something he birthed in you when he birthed them. And, uh, you know, as we, as we dedicate these children today, what we're, we're recognizing two awesome things really today. We're recognizing that God knows and has called each of these children to himself because he's got a plan and a purpose for their lives. That's the first thing, because he wants relationship with them. So that's the first thing. But then these children have an awesome privilege of hearing, following, and obeying the law because they develop that relationship with him. And I think for, for us as, as parents and for each one of us, that, that's the exciting thing, that God has got a call on each one of our lives. Right. We read about that in Jeremiah, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. It says in here, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow, isn't that, that's a bit of history, really, isn't it? That God knew us individually, not just our children. He knew us even as we were being conceived, even as we were being formed, even as we were developing physically in the womb. He knew who we were, the days ahead, the decisions that we would make. Yet he still pours out his love on us. And listen to what else it says. It says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you aside for holy purposes. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Wow. Did you see some prophets? Did you see some pastors, teachers, apostles, and evangelists this morning? Did you see God's hand on some children? Did you recognize something incredible? Because there were two people at the temple when Jesus was dedicated who saw into the future the plan and purposes. Anna, who was the prophetess, she called things into place when everybody else could only see a baby. She saw a savior. And Simeon, Again, my eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. He see two people that could see something different than just a little child. And that's what our God's like. He is such an amazing God. He sees what we are before we even understand ourselves. He knows us completely has called us to himself and is waiting, longing for us to respond. That's exciting. Do you know God's waiting for our children to know him? When uh, our children were uh, uh, in in the womb, Claire and I, we spoke scriptures over them. 
We declared the word of God as they were forming. We declared the word of God as they were being birthed. We declared the word of the Lord to them when they were in the crib and they were crying at night. We walked backwards and forwards, praising the Lord, even though they were screaming and crying. We were declared God's peace over them because we knew who had formed them. And it wasn't just us. They were not limited to Claire and my DNA. Isn't that exciting? Our children are not limited to who we are as parents. And we are not limited to our parents' DNA view. I, I, I love what God says in Galatians 1. And if you look at verse 15 to 16, Paul Paul writes, it says, It pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Wow. Not only was Jeremiah in the womb being called, but Paul, as he was coming out of the womb, was being called. There was an establishing more than on one occasion. And he also writes in 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, it says that God has saved us and called us with our holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Wow. There's something was spoken, something that God saw about every single one of us, not just his children, but I want you to hear it for yourself. God knew before time began. What an interesting phrase. Before time began, God, who was then, is the same today, and will be the same at the end of time. He is unchanging, yet there's so much new that we're going to discover about him that we'll never come to an end of discovering things about him. That God knew and planned for blessing and not curse. That's that's such a, a wonderful, a wonderful idea. But he goes even further. In John 15, verse 16, John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 16, He goes further and he goes, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I chose you. I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and your fruit would remain. In other words, that our lives would be productive and effective, that there would be a reason for us to be around. Isn't that good? That that is God's solution for depression and for suicide. That you and I know our lives are powerful and effective from the moment we brought forth our first breath to the moment we give our last breath 
our lives are being effective. Our lives have a plan and a purpose that we're able to tap into that means we will never need to be depressed. Wow. Doesn't mean everything's perfect, but it means in the midst of whatever's going on, you have hope. You have hope because there's a plan unfolding of God's goodness for you and God's goodness through you to many. Wow. That's what we're speaking out today over some children, but it's also what we're recognizing for ourselves as parents, as neighbors, as friends, as part of this wider body, WHBC, as part of the family of God, that we are declaring the truth that ever since I met Jesus, ever since I I got to know him, ever since I began following him and hearing his voice and, and a beginning to obey... Ever since that moment, and I, and I began thinking God had a plan, I realized there was a, it was okay to bring a child into this earth. The world is full of fear and is afraid, but you and I know who we believe. We know that he is able to finish the work that he starts in us and through us and in our children. That's, that's an amazing promise when we, when we realize that God, God calls us based upon his plan. He calls us according to his plan. It's not based upon our abilities or our lack of abilities. God's plan for these children, for us, It's so good that he's able to boast about it before it happens. Whoever trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. Wow. What a promise for our children. Whoever trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. Whoever trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. His call is the start of an adventure. An adventure that we are going to continue on. An adventure that actually will take us beyond ourselves and beyond our limitations and will teach and impart new gifts and new graces. You know when you see this brand new child, a a very young child, especially uh, Graham and Laura's a little one that's just so recently born. You, you see day by day change. It, almost hour by hour. You see the changes as they grow up a little bit older, a couple of months old or a couple of years old. The growth is so accelerated in those early stages as they begin to recognize, they begin to focus their eyes. And you realize what's already there is beginning to be seen fully. And God's promise, nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, peace. You know, his his call is amazing. He initiated that call. Isn't that good? We we don't have to prove ourselves a goal. Is my child good enough? You know, 
Some people, uh, that's the problem, is uh, they didn't know whether their parents did or didn't want them. Do you know what God did? He wanted you. Whether you were a mistake, an accident, shouldn't have happened, dearly loved and dearly wanted, God knew you, cared for you, and planned for you. God planned for you and for me. I hear that into hearts. Someone that is rejection just being broken right now. Spirit of rejection that you've been hurt. God planned you into place when no one wanted you. He did. And he's saying this morning, I knew you. And he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. He is the one. When he calls, he then gives the abilities. He brings the training. He brings the graces. He brings the abilities to change into our hearts. He brings the right people alongside. He calls, he equips, he anoints, and he appoints. There's something of the amazing gift of God that we see in a little child, full of potential. And he's the redeemer. That means he buys back whatever has failed, whatever has been abandoned, whatever has been lost, stolen, and destroyed. Jesus is the redeemer who changes things so that all things become possible again. That's a beautiful promise. I am your redeemer. I don't know about you, but as a parent, I have made so many mistakes with my children. I praise God for the grace on our lives because I've known that he's redeemer, redeeming my mistakes. My children have not scarred by every stupid decision I've ever made or every angry time that I lost it with them or got it wrong. Isn't that good? That's not an excuse to just get angry and do stupid things. But what it means is, he knows how to give grace to our children. Hebrews 12, verse 2, is an incredible scripture. After it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, it says, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author. He is... Uh, the word archagos, archagos, it means the chief leader, the author, captain, and prince of our faith. He's the one leading, directing, writing the plan out, writing it on our hearts, writing the plan, the word of God on our hearts so that we're able to enter into the things that God has. He's not just captain. Do it. This is the way. He's the one who leads. He's the chief prince. He's the one with the wealth, with the ability to lead us into the things that he's saying. Hmm. That's exciting. So when God begins to author our children's faith, we begin to realize our children are mighty in the land. Amen. Not will be. Are. are. That's it. The children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. Yeah. 
Okay, hang on. Are you righteous or not? If you have the righteousness of Christ, then your children are mighty in the land. You see, the promise to Israel would be if they obeyed, but they didn't. So we needed a Savior who could do what we could not do. Get it right with God. Hallelujah. And so it is by faith we are saved, not by works. So that's the promise over our children, that he who started that work in them, he who has begins today a something fresh. We publicly declare we are putting our trust, our children, into the Lord's hands. We are saying publicly, we believe you are well capable, Father, in heaven to look after my children. <coughs> that you're going to help me, but even if I get it wrong, you're going to work in their lives even so. More than I getting it right all the time could ever do. More than me laying law on them, trying to get it all right, trying to be perfect. They are blessed. That's what it means when he's the author. But it also says he's the finisher. Teleotans, the completer, the consumator, the finisher, the completer. He's the one who completes the work. That's why we declare over our children, they are blessed, not will be. They are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We read about that in Ephesians 1 and verse 3. We read about it and sometimes we have trouble believing it for ourselves. That God has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But our children are blessed because we're blessed. Well, our children are blessed because of the promises of God. Our children are blessed because He is determined to bless according to His word, not curse. Not curse. So many are called, it says in, in Matthew 22, verse 14. Many are called, few are chosen. There's a God part to this. God has called, but we choose to respond. And that's what we're acknowledging today. They haven't become Christians today. There's no declaration of faith coming out of the mouths of these infants yet. But I tell you, Abby, Bex, Joe, all confessed Jesus, Lord, over their lives before they were three all began a relationship with him before they could hardly speak and do other things. And I don't think they were exceptional children. I think they're just God's children. Because we spoke and we taught them and we prayed with them, they took God at his word at a very young age. We read the scriptures, and then they began to read the scriptures as soon as they could begin to even read partially. It didn't matter how much of it they understood. They were reading the scriptures. They were entering into God's promises themselves. That's what it says in Deuteronomy 8. It says that. It says, teach your children this. 
when you sit down and when you lie down and when you walk along the road. Share these things. Help them to understand. Tell them what God's done. That's what we do with one another. We remind one another of the plan of God. We remind God of his plan. We remind one another, we remind God of his plan. God, God's waiting for you and me to actually put his word before him. It's a good thing for us as parents. Father, you said you would bless my child. Your father, you said my child would be the head and not the tail. Father, you said my child would be wise and not fearful. Father, you said goodness and mercy would overtake my child. I, I can't begin to emphasize this. Although there's a man's side, there's a God's side to this plan. And we, we don't recognize that, that call without God's help. But that's what excites me. You see, in Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72, we read about David. Psalm 78, verses 70 to 72. He says, God chose David. We have the story about Saul before we have the story about David. God gave Israel a king after their own thinking, after their own planning. And they got into disasters and problems. And so he raised up a king after his own choice, David. And it says that with integrity of heart, integrity of heart from the he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. David became a leader with integrity. Not a leader who was a hypocrite. Not a leader who was two-faced. Not a leader who just did it because of the money or the position or the rank. But a leader with integrity of heart. He shepherded. He cared for people. Can you see that in our children? Can you see that in yourself? That God has set desire uh, in your heart. You want to do good to people. Sometimes you don't get it right, but you want to do good. God is working with you every time you let him work with you. Every time you pray, every time you read the word, every time you reach out to someone, God's already ahead of you taking taking hold of you to bless you and to make you a blessing. That, it says, with skillfulness of hands, with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands, there was a development of David's character that had to happen. There's a development of these children's character that will have to happen. It doesn't just happen. There's a development process. There's a call for greatness. But there's a development that has to happen. There's a development of the character, but there's also a development of the skill. And it says, with skillfulness of hands, he guided them, 
He shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them according to the skillfulness of his hands. There were things, skills he had to learn while he also developed character. And these things go together. The call, the character, and the skill. These things go together. God is changing our generations. He is bringing forth something fresh and new. And he started with you and me. If you're here this morning, God planned you to be here to hear this word so you'd understand your place in changing this nation. Isn't that exciting? <coughs> that you and I matter to this nation. We bring a transformation. That's what we see. Abraham was called to go to a new land. God had a plan. He just needed someone to obey him. His father, Abraham's father, heard the same call and began the journey, but stopped halfway. Abraham heard that call and entered into the plans. Moses heard God's plans, tried to do it his own way, got it wrong. But God still, even though he blew it, was out in the midst of nowhere in the desert, the back of nowhere, having lost all privilege or position, God interrupted him, brought him back, <coughs> restored him to the call to deliver a nation out of slavery. Joshua followed Moses faithfully, did all the right things, And out of a whole generation, him and Caleb were the only two that entered the promised land because everyone else fell away through disbelief and fear. But two kept going, kept going. And these children are going to keep going. They are children. These are going to keep going. They're not going to pull back. They're not going to fail because of fear or doubt. They're going to enter into God's plans. Joshua took the nation into the promised land. David was a king after God's heart, a man after God's heart. A man after God's heart is able to establish a nation and protect its borders and see it right. A man after God's heart is able to bring peace. Then there was the final man, <coughs> Jesus. <coughs> Jesus, the amazing one, brought salvation and grace and enabled us to become God's children. Everything that we were disqualified from, he qualified us for. See, that's God's plan. He called us. And he wants to qualify us. He qualifies the called. He works from basic children who have just got born again, little babies, old adults. When they get born again, there is a reforming or recreated spirit. Something so amazing that God says, I'll fill that with his Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. 
God wants to live in man. Not just visit man. That's his promise. The call, the plan, the purpose. He's overseeing it. And that's what we recognize this morning. We recognize the grace of God. The call's not an end in itself, but it's a launch pad. It's a launch pad for God's blessing being worked out on the earth. Transformation, growth, obedience, all come from us responding to that call. And that's what, as parents, this morning, symbolically, they've prayed. It's more more than a symbol. They've launched their child into the plans of God. Isn't that exciting? What are you using your mouth to launch today? Are you launching some faith things, declaring about your marriage, about your work, about your neighbor, about your families, about your self? He who began a good work in me. He who began a good work in me is going to complete that work. Let's just just bow your heads this morning. Let's just thank him for that call. The author of our faith is right here. Jesus is present. So we thank you for that call. We thank you for that plan. That we're not ignorant of your plans because we're your friends. We hear your voice. And you unfold those plans to us to know your good and perfect will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for calling me. Just say that about yourself. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for calling me to your plan. Thank you for calling me to your eternal plan. Thank you that right here and right now, I am in that plan and I surrender the future to that plan. I surrender my child, my wife, husband, my work. I proclaim your lordship. Thank you that everyone who calls on you will never be put to shame. We speak blessing over these children this morning. Thank you. Thank you for words of knowledge for parents when the children are crying and they don't know what to do. I thank you for words of wisdom to know what decisions to make. Thank you for words prophetically that bring the 
future into the now, the now word of God that directs our children's paths. But we thank you for, our, for ourselves as well, Lord. We bless you. <coughs> we honor you, Father. We declare we're putting our trust in you today. We're putting our trust in you today. That you who began a good work, we're putting our trust that you will complete that work in me today. 